The early church created a tradition, and it was simply known as love feasts. They would gather simply under that canopy, under that banner of love. It was to express brotherly love, as they described it, and also charity. After a period of time, <clears throat> things started to break down. They lost what they had started with. Peter writes, and Jude would write. It was Jude who gave very strong language toward what had the love feast had become. He said that the leaders had become windbags that they had become waterless clouds, that they had become fruitless trees in autumn, that they had become uh, billowing waves just stirring up the muck in the, in the bottom of the, of the water, and that they had become wandering stars. Strong language. They're, they had broke down. They had lost what they first had. And so, I want to come to this. There's a foundation that the Word of God builds for us on this thing called love. We've sung about it today. This last chorus, without carrying knowing, just putting things together, literally worded the same thing that the Bible tells us. God is love. We're so used to that word. <clears throat> I've described it this way many times. I'll say it again. We, we use that word to describe almost everything. I love my pet. I love my spouse. I love hot dogs. I love a good tear-jerking movie. I, you know, I love a, a, a beautiful day. I love this. I love that. I love popcorn. I mean, we just use that same word. And it's obvious that we don't love popcorn like we love our spouse. But... If we're not careful, there's a diminishing of the power of that word. And in that, we are reminded that God is love. So the foundation begins in Exodus 34. God is speaking to Moses. Moses has already received the tablets that God himself had prepared. And when he came down to the bottom and found the people just worshiping other gods and, and just totally in rebellion. And that righteous anger, of course, the tablets were destroyed. And God sent Moses back on the mountain. He said, this time you've got to cut out your own tablets and, and all inscribe once again. And in that, he says that I am slow to anger. God's saying this. I'm slow to anger and I am abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. That's with Moses. And then we find the psalmist saying, your steadfast love, it extends to the heavens. Your mercy goes to the clouds. Your faithfulness goes to the clouds. We again see that theme going on in verse 7. He, just, he has to keep talking about that steadfast love. He said, your steadfast love is it's so precious. We love that word precious, don't we? And it extends to others. 
So from Moses and David, and then we find Isaiah, God is speaking to him. He said, the mountains will depart and the hills will be removed, but my steadfast love shall always endure. Are you seeing a theme? (laughs) It is Jeremiah writing in Lamentations when he says that once again, the steadfast love never ceases. It never stops. It is forever moving forward. Mercies are new every morning. You can count on it. Every morning, your mercies are there. And this is when he has to come back. He says, great is your faithfulness. So we see this, uh, this foundation from God himself Declaring through different voices the same theme, my steadfast love. Again, this word now starts to have substance to it. That we realize we're talking about God. We're talking about his character. We're talking about his attributes. We're talking about who he is and how he works in our life. And it is always about his steadfast fast love. Every one of us know that we failed God at times in our life. And yet, when we repent, when we come back to him, what do we find? That his love is still there. It didn't escape. It didn't run away. When everything we've known and said it's like a mountain, it'll always be there. And all of a sudden, it's gone. Well, what's left? (laughs) His steadfast love. Your mercies are new every morning. How many of you have felt like you've, you've overextended that ability to find a mercy from God? That day has been awful. You have failed. You have sinned. You have been angry. You have rebelled. You just, you just abandoned the faith. And the next morning as you awaken and you're like, boy, yesterday was a terrible day. I wonder if God will put up with me today. And you realize his mercy is new again. All around these campuses, that's what they're crying out for. They're finding out there's, there's genuine repentance going on. I have sinned. I have fallen short of the glory of God. How could you put up with me? And then just his overwhelming presence drives them to their knees, lifting up hands and just say, oh my God, you love me. You love me. The foundation, of course, continues. And we know that Jesus continued that message. We know that God so loves the world that he gave us his only begotten son. Every message Jesus taught, every cardinal message that we have, we are to love God with all of our heart, all of our being, and then extend it just like he extends that love and love our neighbor as ourself. Love, love. Love, the message just goes on. Jesus, of course, gets a little deeper with it. The only thing we can hate is evil. Hate evil and love the good. Again, we hear this in a church setting. We hear this in maybe a Sunday school class. We hear this in a cell group and a Bible study in a home. But how's this working for us on Monday morning as we're going to work? When we get to work, when the work's piled up over the weekend, when it's by Friday and we're just like, I wish one out of here. I don't want to see these people again till next Monday. 
to have family reunions like I'd go to that family reunion, but cousin so-and-so is going to be there. Uncle so-and-so, aunt so-and-so. I got to face this person. I got to face that person. Yet we are to love the good. That our love is to be, according to Paul now, he continues the theme, love is to be gentle. It is to be kind. It is just to keep on keeping. You can hear that steadfast love message continuing. When you start connecting the dots, it starts with God, and it comes through his sacrifice of giving his son to us, and his son is teaching his disciples, and the disciples are writing and teaching us as well. That steadfast love. When everything else is gone, love will remain. Again, this is why Paul had to write. And when everything is gone, the, the tongues are gone, the prophecies are gone, the healings are gone. When they've all been retired and no longer needed, these three remain. Faith, right? Mercy, love, these things, hope, they remain. But the greatest of these is love. We keep seeing this theme so we could simply say in today's terms, some of you won't catch it, some of you will immediately because you're sports enthusiasts, love is the goat, right? For those of you that didn't catch that, it's an acronym, greatest of all time. Love is the greatest of all time. It is this word from God. It is his character. And yet it takes moments in our meditation to say, okay, God, I want you to really reveal the substance of that. I want you to unpackage that for me. I don't want just the headline. I don't want just the passing thought. I don't want it to be a devotion that, okay, I read it. I've done my devotion for the day. I'm moving on. I want you to speak to me, God. Obviously, there's more there than I have comprehended how deep it goes, how wide it goes, how high it goes, how encompassing that it is. Obviously, there's more work to be done in me because I don't love at all times. I don't always have patience with my love. Can I at least have one amen out there? Multiplied by... <laughs> because we get weary. We get tired. And yet there is that steadfast love that even tells us, but I was impatient, but I really don't want to give up. I don't want to quit on you. I will continue. That's his love showing up in our life. Last week being Valentine's Day, a member of the church gave Sheila and I a gift, and, and, and I want to just kind of re-gift it for you. And it was a bunch of candy. And, of course, there was messages from me and, uh, and Sheila that I, I will rework just a little bit, but I want you to capture what it says. And in that package was some Rolos. Have we got Rolos on the screen? Yeah, there we go. And that reminds us of the essential role. Now, Tootsie Rolls will work as well, right? That each one, I mean, next time you're at Publix, and, and what do they have there? They got the tabloids, and they got all that sugar right there as you go out the door. Just when you look at it, be reminded, 
yeah, whether it's a Tootsie Roll or, or Rolos, uh, there's an essential role that I play. Also along with it were lifesavers. <clears throat> and the lifesavers, of course, are self-explanatory. We have the ability to save lives. Right? With our words, with our action, with our behavior. It's, it's why we're here. I'm going to say it again. If it was any other way, when we pray, whether it's in a formal altar of a church building or anywhere that's an altar, and the very moment we confess with our mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord. I confess my sins and Jesus is Lord. If that was actually the end, we would be just like Star Trek. Beam me up, Scotty. But he leaves us here. Why? Because we have essential roles and we're lifesavers. We become the extension of who he is, that steadfast love. In that package, I also got some mounds. How many likes mounds? It'll remind you of just mounds of courage that it takes to continue that steadfast love. Aren't you, you like this message, don't you? It's not even 12 o'clock. Be like those kids on the bus. Don't sugar up. Right. Wait till you get off the bus and sugar up and take it home to mom and dad. Don't do it on the bus. <laughs> and then there were starbursts. How many, how many takers I have on that? That surge of energy. Yeah, there you go, Antonio. That's that surge of energy. Just reminding us of what the Holy Spirit does in us. And then from there, I'm, I'm going to, in the gifting I got, I'm going to, repurpose some of this even in a different way there was also gum and this is what you're going to give away now whether it's double bubble or or some other brand it is to remind us that we've got to stick together I, when she handed me this I said oh my god this will preach <laughs> And also in that, you're going to love this next one. Get ready for it. You ready? Kit Kats. How many takers we got on that? You want to know why you're giving those Kit Kats away? Because everybody deserves a break every once in a while. You'll leave here today. What did your pastor preach on? A bunch of candy. What scripture to use? I have no idea. I got hung up on Kit Kats. <laughs> of all the things, isn't that great? I mean, just to be reminded when somebody has just pushed you as far as you think you can go and the Holy Spirit's just nudging you and saying, no, you can go one more step. And you're like, yeah, but I really don't want to. How many, how many is with me? Just pop out a Kit Kat and say, I'll give them a break anyhow. <laughs> I could preach on that the rest of the day. And then also in that... <clears throat> All right, ladies especially, I want to hear, ooh, there was chocolate. <laughs> and share the sweet love of God. Great gifts, right? You just thought gifts of the Spirit were something else. We just got our own version here. I want you to turn with me to 2 Corinthians <coughs> chapter 5. This is where I've been really wanting to go. This may be absolutely the most important thing I've ever preached in my life, and I, I make no bones about that. Yeah. 
2 Corinthians chapter 5, I want to read verses 14 through 17. Yeah, some of you are standing. Let's all stand. Let this word be transformative. Let it absolutely transform. For the love of Christ controls us. Because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves. But for him who for their sake died and was raised. Is this not strong? From now on, therefore, there's one of my therefores. I told Sheila on my, on my grave marker, just put therefore on it. Birth date, date debt, and just therefore. From now on, therefore. That means I've said all that to get ready to say this. We regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh. We regard him thus no longer. Therefore... If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. She is a new creation. They are a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. You can remain standing or be seated for a few minutes. I really obviously haven't timed how much longer. I want your full attention. If you've ever remembered a message that I've preached, I want this one to be that. This word love, the fact we've, we've, we have the foundation and so much more. We see that the message continued, of course, through Jesus, through Paul through Peter, through all these voices. And here we are, we've been told the same thing. Let the love of Christ control you. Wow. That is total surrender to the love of God. That says, I surrender all. All my attitudes, all my biases, all my former training, I give it all up. Because he's got something better. In the moment, it may seem like what I had was better, but I got to know this. He died for all of us. Oh, I know that, but do we exercise it? The love of Christ is to control us. I wonder how many Pentecostals are here, how many Spirit-filled believers, and we believe in the empowering of the Holy Spirit inside of us, controlling us, and it manifests in our behavior, in our conversation. Amen? Amen? The love of Christ controls that temper. I had this discussion yesterday with someone else and dealing with behavioral problems, things that's been passed down, and we talk about generational curses, and you go back to the Word of God, the only hope is for that person to surrender their life to Jesus Christ, the one who died so that old things can pass away and behold, all things can become new. Only through Christ. 
Those things that get passed down generationally, those things that get passed down just because of observance, those things that go on, all those things in the flesh that pull us down, that pull us away from God, that causes us to rebel. There's only one hope, the shed blood of Jesus Christ that washes away my sin. Though my sins be like crimson, they shall become like the white driven snow, like the fleece of a lamb. Only Christ can do that. Old things pass away. They pass away. It is obvious in our life they don't all just vanish. But through the power of Christ, they do pass. Some we immediately get victory over. Others, it takes a time because it's so ingrained. Am I helping you yet? It's real, folks. We battle. We war. This flesh speaks. It's strong. Jesus told his own disciples in that garden, the flesh is so weak. The spirit is willing, but the flesh, it bows to those old things. That's why Jesus said, I've got to go. I've got to walk down that Via Dolores. I've got to die on that cross. But I'm not going to stay there. I'm going to come out of that grave. I'm going to be seated in the heavenlies so that we also can be seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. This thing called love, to be controlled by it. If you'll do a little bit more homework... The passage we just read just before it is talking about the judgment seat of Christ. It's there by design. And get ready for it. This is what you're going to take home with you and never forget. I'm convinced of this after years of ministry, years of study, years of preaching, years of teaching, years of exhorting. We are going to be judged. That we know. And yes, we will have many things factor in that judgment. Every idle word spoken, right? However, I want you to look past that entrance and realize, really, there's one thing we'll be judged for. Because that one thing controls everything else. How did we accept his love And how did we exercise that love? Every scripture that we call cardinal has love involved in it. When Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? To love God with everything in you, your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, everything, and love your neighbor. That's the greatest commandment. That we are to even love God our enemies. For God so loved the world. Every verse you can think of deals with this subject called love. It's been there all along. But this will be the thing that we're judged for. I know we don't like to think about judgment. Being exposed. Every smutty joke. Every word of gossip. Every hidden thing in darkness, we thought we got away with it. But it's about love. The reason I say this is the most important thing I ever preached to realize the opportunity that we have every day to let the love of Christ control us. When the love of Christ has its perfect work in us, 
You don't have to worry about these other things. They will pass away. Can I hear an amen? When you no longer hold on to an old hurt, but you surrender it. I surrender it, Lord. I, it's eating me up anyhow. I don't need it. It causes me to be jaded in my thought. It causes me to be biased. I've allowed prejudice in my heart. Let the love of Christ control me. That same love that took you to a cross when you could have called 10,000s of angels as we used to sing to rescue you, you didn't do it because you loved us so much that you took stripes on your back that you suffered the humiliation of your nakedness on that cross, that you suffered the pain and the ridicule, you did it with us in mind because you love us. And now, we are to be controlled by that love. In other words, tomorrow when you're faced with that same old prejudice, that same old hatred, in that moment, the Holy Spirit checking you, do you know why you heard that message? This is your opportunity to break free. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Hating that person up till now, what's it got me? Ulcers? Bad attitude? Jesus, help me love them. If loving them is doing nothing in the moment, okay, saying nothing. But if it causes me to reach out, then give me the strength. What did Paul, again, write to Timothy that Carrie even referenced again earlier? And he said, we have not been given a spirit of fear. All that hatred is based in fear. We've not been given that spirit. We've been given a spirit of power and of, there it is again, love. That creates a sound mind. Whew, stand with me. The love of God. Look at verse 18. All this is from God. Who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Wow. Lift your hands, will you?